are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. I'm in a hurry for what God wants to do to kick off in your life this year. And I believe that the greatest thing that will happen for you this year is that you will be yielded to God. In Amos chapter 3 verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? There is a journey for 2020. I call it Voyage 2020. But you need to walk with Him. And that can only happen if you agree with Him. Lift your right hand and say, In the name of Jesus. I choose to agree with His Word. I choose to agree with the leading of the Spirit. In 2020. Amen. Let's read it together. I want to go. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Salvation is a call to walk with God. And in walking with God, when I say walk, permit our pronunciations, W-A-L-K. In walking with God, you might have to also W-O-R-K with Him. Amen. Did you hear me? Some of us are trying to W-O-R-K for God without W-A-L-K with God. This year, make up your mind to agree with Him. Amen. You may say, what is difficult about agreeing with God? You know why many cannot agree with God? Because they won't lay down their opinions to accept God's opinion. Why does the scripture say something about the renewing of the mind? Romans 12 verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why is the scripture saying so? Because every day of your life, there is a way that your thought is influenced contrary to God's word. How many of you have ever been told our people say? How many of you used to say to people, our people say? (laughs) Our people say, when they say that, they want to give you a proverb. That is based on a particular culture that might not necessarily be in line with the word of God. 
And if you want to function in 2020 with our people, say, then you have not accepted to agree with God. For you to agree with God, you have to know His mind. Amen. Amen. You have to know His mind about a particular matter or that particular matter. That's when you can agree with Him. We have a lot of Christians that never have time to fellowship with the Word of God. There's no other way to know the mind of God than through the Scriptures. Did you hear me? There is no material anywhere in the world that contains the thoughts of God in one place as the Scriptures. Are you listening to me? So, if someone is not relating with scriptures, he cannot know the mind of God. You will only assume. You know, some of us know about God. We don't know Him. This year, I agree with God. And to agree with God, you will know His mind. How will you know His mind? Through scriptures. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Sorry, 2 Timothy. I said 1 Timothy. All scripture is given. 4.16, I made a mistake. All scripture is given by... Where am I? Sorry, (laughs) I made a mistake. Go back, go back, sorry. I made a mistake. 1 Timothy... 2 Timothy 3.16. Thank you. All scripture, not some. Not some. All. Is given by what? Inspiration of God and is profitable. Why wouldn't I want to profit from scripture? This year, my prayer for you is that you will profit from scripture. Amen. You cannot profit from something you are not in contact with, you are not aware of. That you came to church and heard one message doesn't mean you have agreed with God. You've been introduced to God's thoughts. It might take you a while to agree. Amen. There are many things that believers are supposed to do with the word of God. We have a teaching on that. The ministry of the word. We're supposed to read the word of God. Is that not so? We're supposed to hear the word of God. Is not so? We're supposed to confess the word of God. Is that not so? Many things. But the key thing and the core thing that every believer should do with the word of God is to meditate on the word. Amen. Let me say meditate. In meditation, you are yielding yourself to agree with the word of God. Hallelujah. Some of you don't know how you are struggling with God's word. It is through meditation that the values of God are imprinted in your spirits. All of us don't have the same values, though. Do you agree? We don't have the same values. To some people, <laughs> cream is very important. Cream. How can somebody not have cream? Even if you don't have food to eat, have cream to rub. <laughs> the 
that's the person's value simply is what is important to you. It could be based on how you were brought up, where you were brought up. The proof of success is that your skin is shiny. There are some men, <laughs> they will rather drive a car than own a house. Are we together? It's the value that they carry in their hearts. So you meet the guy, he's driving a very good car, but in the night he sleeps inside the car. Nothing, apart from that car, nothing is going on in his life. As a matter of fact, some people he even picks, they have to fuel it. Have you not heard of fellows that buy shoe with their destiny? <laughs> Amen. They heard a voice. My son, my son. That money in your account, it will repair your destiny. Say, yes, Lord. He now went to buy shoe. What is this? What again? Is this shoe with it? Or how a lady who have house rent on her head but has nowhere to lay her head. This is 250,000. <laughs> but she's squatting. What about the one that owns a phone? That if they steal the phone, he will be admitted. Value. Let me say this, just a few things about value. You see, agreeing with God simply means adopting the values of God. Amen? The value God has for human life. The value God has for His Word. The value even God has for the body of Christ. The church. Do you know you can grow up in a way that you don't have value for the things that God has value for. I, I didn't really understand that there was anything special about how I was brought up. You know, sometimes we will feel our parents were unnecessarily strict. Until I actually left my home. I went to boarding school. Then after that I went to university. And I saw that, man, everybody's not the same. I share this joke, this story. It's, a, it's humorous, but it's a real experience. When we were growing up, I don't know how to say this, it's funny. My dad to control what we watched. How many of you know video player? You don't have that again. VCR, video, cassette. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. 
Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Video. It has the VHS cassettes. In those days, they had JVC and VHS. Some of you, you have been in this world. So, like the big, you know. So, what happens is that that video, the, sit, the TV set and everything is downstairs. But the video, he unplugs it and takes it to his room. Are you with me? So, you can't watch anything you like. We watch Moses. We watch Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> back to back. Are you understanding? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> We watch with this one. They bring another one. It's the same Jesus of Nazareth, you know, something else. <laughs> now, so for me, maybe the way my dad was treating the video, it makes it look very important. Years later, I go to university. And then one day, someone shows a video on television to me as a student. So it a seat to me. So in my room in school, I have a video and TV set. Now, you have to be an executive student to have that when I was in school. Amen. Then, one day, I have neighbors that are Worry boys. They come and say, Pastor, uh-huh. if you borrow me your video and TV, I will bring them back. <laughs> the thing doesn't just resonate like, do they borrow that? <laughs> I, I don't understand what I'm saying. Now, my upbringing is, are you understanding me? I, I just can't get it. And the guys say, ah, um, Pastor, uh-huh. we will um, bring them back. I didn't know they can ask for that kind of thing. <laughs> you know? So, while I'm thinking, he's not going to allow me to think. He said, waiting there for video, waiting there for TV. <laughs> you know, but the thing, he doesn't have it. Are you understanding me? If there's nothing in it, but you don't have it. <laughs> Value. To me, this is something valuable. To him, it's not so important. I remember my friend and I were teenagers at that time. All of us just learned how to drive. So, he drove out with his father's car. I don't want to tell you the story, but we took the car out. And when we drove to a, a particular point, we went somewhere, we met other teenagers. Then I met some of them recently. They're all grown-up men now. And then he came and met us. I said, ah, who has this car? I said, okay, please, I want to go somewhere and come back. Give me your key. <laughs> it's, it's bad enough that 
I took the car and came here. It's not my car. <laughs> it's not my friend's car. It's his father's car. Are we together? The reason why someone will ask for it is how it is to him. Glory to God. Okay, let me go further. I heard a story about a particular tribe that when you go to visit them as a missionary, they can offer you their wife. Say, ah, man of God. Uh, uh, you came alone. <laughs> That's value. Yes, that That's value. There's a missionary I know that they went to a particular place and they so blessed the community. The man, people were trying to give them something. One man said, I don't have anything to give. He called his daughter and said, take her. They said, we don't need it. What? Take. <laughs> Value. Listen. Spiritual maturity is simply coming to the place where your values and God's values have aligned. Amen. Are we together? Yeah. If not, you'll be wondering. You know, there are some things that some people think, that's why when you get born again, some people get born again. You know the question they always ask, is it bad to, is it bad to smoke Igbo that they put cocaine inside? I'm not, it's not cocaine I'm talking about. Igbo with cocaine. <laughs> then somebody's like, eh? What is he talking about? They say, is it bad now for someone to mix cough syrup with so so and so? He's asking questions. Are you understanding me? Is he is is bad? What is, uh, what's happening to him is that the word of God he's hearing is challenging his values. Amen. Do you know that there are some people that don't think stealing is bad? Yeah, they don't think of it that way. Yes, he were. So if they even steal their stuff, sometimes they just say, "Well, the guy was faster than me." Well, next time, next time I'll be faster. You know, was faster than me. Ah, ah, those guys. I'd like to learn how they did their own. He's not thinking of how can you take someone's thing. How can so? That's why when God spoke to the children of Israel, He was communicating His values. Thou shalt not kill. The value for life. Amen. Values. So you see God's way of thinking. What God regards. And what he wants you to also regard. What is Satan fighting in our generation? Especially in Nigeria, the church in Nigeria. He's trying to devalue the church and ministers in the eyes of the next generation. That's all he's trying. That's all the fight is about. So that someone growing up now will not see the need why he should be in church. Why should he hear the word of God? Why should he submit to a man? Because he's a man of God. Is it not blood that is flowing through his vein? Someone asks the question, say, hold, hold on, hold on. Your pastor, your pastor. Doesn't he eat? Say he eats. 
Does it to use the toilet? So use the toilet. If if something happened to him, wouldn't he feel pain? If he's pain? Is he not a human being? See, he's a human being. But the Bible says that God chose 18 vessels to manifest the excellency of his power. Amen. Amen. Are we together? Yes, sir. So it doesn't change anything. And so if you don't embrace the values of God, you will have so many questions. And then you know what? The world every day is trying to make you conform to the values of the world. What is all the Hollywood and, okay, maybe Nollywood might not have started doing that, but what do you think Hollywood is trying to do? It's to lower your values. Lower them. If as a, growing up as a child, you never saw a movie where they were shooting someone to death, and you see it for the first time as an adult, you won't sleep well. Are you listening to me? But you know, some of you have seen, the blood you have seen in movie, you're already a killer, even if you have not killed anybody. You won't be suggesting, no, 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 that kind of thing is to blast his head now. Why are they just shooting his leg? They should blast his head. You, you know, you're the one talking, and you're, you say, I'm, I'm a very kind-hearted person, but they should blast his head. It's a human being that's killing. You are suggesting. You have become desensitized. Those things that don't matter anymore to you. It's a, sometimes they even shot somebody. They are going. It's, you're not even saying, hey, let him not die. You're saying, check whether he's dead, though. Am I communicating? So slowly, without knowing, shooting someone, it's not such a big deal. As long as they don't shoot you. You don't feel anyhow about it. I told a story about a young boy. It was the, like the auntie or so that was telling me the story. He was about three or four years old. So, they were actually telling me, Pastor, come and pray for this boy. They said, this boy does not watch cartoon. He doesn't like cartoon. If they put cartoon, he'll be crying. He always wants to see action movies. And when they're shooting, he'll be laughing. <laughs> He's three. You know that that kind of child, already at that age, something has gone wrong. I remember we, were, um, we went to arrest somebody years ago, you know, um, like a criminal, you know, around where we were, we were students at that time, went to arrest the person. So we went, when we got there, the guy we were trying to arrest was hiding in a room. And um, his wife and his little baby were inside the room. So, when they forced the door open, the smoke coming out from the place, thick smoke of Indian hemp. And the baby was inside. He smokes in the room with the baby. You know, listen, I have some experience in Indian hemp. Even as a pastor, I used to pastor at Rumokuta. The guys used to smoke behind me. And my window was back of it. I would just be high. You know, 
I won't know what, but I just know that I'm not how I used to be when I'm not the way I came in the morning. So imagine. So if you're coming for the first time, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't smoke. I also don't drink. So, imagine a child in the room. It's a small room, very small room. So, the baby is, they're still carrying the baby. And you have that kind of experience. That time, by the time he's four, He'll be wrapping something. By the time he's four. So you can't even tell him anything. I was trying to correct a girl, you know, some years ago. She's gotten born again. And then I heard someone told me that she was drinking alcohol. You know, as she was still born, she was born again to drinking alcohol. So I like, ah, you know, I said, so I called, I said, you drink alcohol? She said, yes. I said, okay. So I now asked, I said, okay, I was saying that, why would you do something that you don't want people to see? She said, no, I'm not hiding it. It's just that if I come to church, they don't serve alcohol. If they serve, I will drink. <laughs> now, I've had this discussion with two, two people, you know, two people. Now, this other person said something to me that really touched me. It changed my thinking about certain things. The first person I'm talking about. And I said, so I heard you're drinking alcohol. I said, yeah. So I said, don't you think? He said, no. He said, I drink alcohol with my father. We drink together. You know that type of picture? You say, wait till you won't talk. Are you inside of me? He said, we drink together. So she was brought up to believe it was okay as long as you didn't get crazy. Now she's born again. And the word of God begins to straighten you out to say, hey, hey, hey. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now she wants to join that one inside it. Amen. Am I communicating? Values. You cannot sit down and start telling somebody, don't do this, don't do that. Don't. It is through the word of God that someone imbibes the values of scripture. Hallelujah. The values of Christ. So you have a lot of Christians that are not actually meditating on scripture. So you are wondering why their value system is not changing. Your values will never change if you are not meditating on scripture. It will never change. It doesn't mean you are not saved. It's just to say, after salvation, after salvation, you have to be raised in Christ. Amen. Salvation gives you a new life. But you need to learn to live the new lifestyle. Amen. Let me say, new life, then new lifestyle. Say again, new life, then new lifestyle. So that's the end of my first message. 
agree with God. Amen. Agree with Him. Bow your heads for a moment. Pray in tongues for a moment. Just pray in tongues for a moment. Pray. If you pray in tongues, pray in other tongues. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be, hallowed be your name. Lord, my majesty, divine authority. Hallowed be, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be.
Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. This scripture is the word that God gave to us for the journey in 2020. Remember that Jesus was walking on water. And then the Bible told us that Peter and the other disciples were in the boat. And then Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. And then Jesus said to Peter, come. Based on that word, come, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. If you're going to walk on water this year, you have to follow the word of the Lord. Amen. If any other disciple had come out of the boat when Jesus didn't say come, there would have been a mass drowning that day. Even at that, the moment Peter turned his eyes away from Jesus and began to consider the winds and the storm and the sea, you know that kind of thoughts that came, oh, do you know I am actually walking on the sea? <laughs> he began to sink. And Jesus had to help him. Of course, they walked back to the boat. Now, this year, you will walk on water. It means that you will see the supernatural. You will experience it. But it will be based on that word that God spoke. Many people have attempted things that God didn't send them. Amen. I don't know if some of you have heard of someone that went into a lion cage because Daniel entered the lion's den. If they threw you into a lion's den, it's a different thing. If the Lord told you to go and do something like that, that's a different thing. The Holy Ghost does not sponsor foolishness. Did you hear me? So there will be no foolishness this year in the name of Jesus. If I drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. Bring it. We will speak over your funeral. But a circumstance can occur that something deadly was injected into you. Or as a case of a man of God, he was, um, I don't know whether it was a kidnap or armed robbery or whatever, they held him down and they said, bullets or poison, which one do you prefer? They wanted to kill him. So they said, I prefer the poison. And they gave it to him. He drank it. He had no choice. And when they saw he didn't die, they started confessing their sins. 
Amen. So someone can hear it and say, Yes! I'm going to, I need poison. Where do you used to say poison? <laughs> I had this joke <laughs> about someone that they said, if someone goes to buy poison and is waiting for change, he doesn't really want to die. <laughs> you want to commit suicide, then you are waiting to collect change. What do you do? All you do is change. <laughs> This year there will be no foolishness. I break the hold of foolishness in every life. In the name of Jesus Christ. No wind of foolishness will blow around you. You will not bite your finger this year. So, Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7. Let's read it together. Want to go? For unto us a child is born, and unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, I will start with the last statement there. The last statement there. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will what? Will perform this. It means that this thing about the increase of his government... God will personally see to it. Amen. And this year, that zeal of the Lord will consume you. The zeal of the Lord that performs the the counsel of God and performs the things that are in his mind will come upon you. The Bible told us about Jesus. That when Jesus came into the temple and saw them exchanging money and trading in the temple, he took a whip and chased them all out. That means he did it before thinking. He was so furious about what they were doing, he chased them out. It's after he chased them out, then the Bible told us that it was the zeal of the Lord that consumed him. Amen. That means that he acted based on the zeal of God that came upon him. This year, the zeal of the Lord will come upon you. And you will execute the heartbeat of God. Amen. You know, a lot of folks don't understand that if you are not consumed with the zeal of the Lord. There are certain things you will not see in your life. Amen. Some believers are not zealous for God. God is not against your zeal. He just wants your zeal to be accompanied with knowledge. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 10. Let's look at verse 1. In Romans 10, 1, I want to show you something. I'll read one and two. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Verse two. For I bear them record that what? Let's read together. That they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. My prayer for you this year is that you have a zeal of God 
And it will be according to knowledge. Amen. And it will be what? According to knowledge. The Bible says be fervent in spirit serving the Lord. It, it means that God expects you to be zealous. It is zeal that makes you a soul winner. Amen. Say, well, eh, oh, why, why, listen to me. How you will know that someone is consumed with the zeal of the Lord? You can be excited, you know, somebody can be excited to come to church because he's going to meet another person. That's not the zeal of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Somebody can promise you, um, let's see on Sunday, I'll see what I'll do about the job. Saturday morning, 3 a.m., you're polishing your shoe (laughs) to come to church. That's not the zeal of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are we together? No. The zeal of the Lord is that the reason, the motivation is something that has to do with God's word, or the spirit of God, the presence of God. The same way the psalmist said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Today, my prayer is that everyone will function with the zeal of the Lord this year. When zeal has consumed you, you will not remember that you are hungry. You may not even remember that you are tired. Zeal will cause you to overlook your shame. You know, some people that are still very conscious. Praise the Lord. Say, let's go and preach the gospel. Hey, how would they see me now? What would they say now? Oh, you don't understand. Where I live, the place where I go, the zeal of love has not consumed you. Amen. This year, you want to see increase. Allow the zeal of God to consume you. That means the thing that is beating in the heart of God is what's beating in your heart. Amen. What excites God is what is exciting you. Do you agree with me that there are some things God is excited about? Do you agree with me? At least Jesus gave us an example. In Luke chapter 10, he gathered his disciples, 70 of them. The Bible says he sent them out two by two to go and preach. Then when they went out and did what they did, when they returned, the Bible says he rejoiced in spirits. Amen. Jesus rejoiced in spirits. Why did he rejoice? Because of the testimonies of what happened by them going out. The Greek word there that talked about rejoicing, Agaleo, is saying that he, he, he jumped up and turned around in the air. That's what it meant. He didn't do it for any other reason than when people went out to preach. There is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. Thank God for your testimony. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yesterday, um, I didn't have a job. Now, I have a job that paid me 900,000 naira a month. Glory to God. It's glorious. But there's nothing more glorious than the fact that somebody got born again. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? There's nothing more glorious than someone being born again. Than someone receiving Christ. 
I can pray for an unbeliever and he will be blessed. Hello? Hello? We prayed for people. We could give a word to an unbeliever. In the name of Jesus, this will happen. And it happens that way. I've prayed for a cultist that had some demonic problems. And he came to see me. And I prayed for him. I wanted him to receive Christ. He said he didn't want to receive Christ. He just prayed for him. So I told him, no problem. I'm going to pray for you. But that when the thing will come back, it will be worse than it was. He said, no problem. That time we'll know what to do. So I prayed for him. He had peace. Of course he came back. Amen. He came back. I said, I told you he will come back. Amen. So, you can pray for an unbeliever and he will receive a miracle. He can have the greatest breakthrough because you prayed for him. In the Old Testament, the centurions, the, a centurion had to be a non-Jew. Are you understanding me? Okay, A Roman soldier that was appointed to be in charge over an area. He's not Jewish. But those centurions understood that the Jewish people had something with God. So you know what most of them were doing? They were partnering with the Jews. Amen. So they would build synagogues for them. Am I communicating? I remember the story now. One of the cases, they, when they were bringing um, Jesus, they wanted Jesus and Centurion to meet. What did they tell Jesus? They said, Jesus, he has built synagogue for us. Jesus did not say, so what? So what? He did not say, so what? He said, okay. Let me see him. <laughs> Amen. I'm so, I'm not, some of you, your religion has been... Uh, he didn't say, so what? He said, okay, no problem. He said, he has built us a, a synagogue. Why were they building synagogues? They believed in what they were doing. Even if they didn't follow it. Amen. So, today we also have centurions. <laughs> Political centurions. Amen. That will say, ah, man of God, man of God, prophesy for me, prophesy. They want to give money. Prophesy for me. Now, listen. Everything that you will say or speak over their life, it might happen. But you know something? The guy will still perish and go to hell. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So the greatest gift, I tell people, in your family, some of you, you're saying, Oh God, oh God, I want you Lord to prosper me so that we help my family. The greatest help you can give to your family is to lead people to Christ. It's for your family members to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Imagine. I don't know some of you, I don't know how you were brought up, but I believe that some of you, I won't be surprised, I've pastored for a while, that some of you will even be happy that you're the only one in heaven. <laughs> I'm the only one in my family. All my father's children did not come. Glory to God. You know, you might be amazed that somebody else might be happy. But the truth is this. For every one person that gets saved in a family, the door is open for every other person to be saved. Amen. Yeah. So, the greatest gift you can give to your siblings is to lead them into a saving knowledge of Jesus. Let me read my scripture. So, the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. I'll finish with this one. Alright? Verse 7. The increase of, of his government and peace, there shall be no end. This government is talking about is the government of Christ. Everybody say the government of Christ. The government of 
Christ is governor of the one that is born again. Amen. Am I communicating? He is the governor of his own heart, of his soul. How many lives does Christ have control over on earth? Those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says they are in the kingdom of God. They've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. And now, now we're in the kingdom of lights. But there are people still operating in the kingdom of darkness today. Am I communicating? The, the kingdom, the government of God has to keep increasing. The plan is that it will keep increasing. Keep increasing means that souls will keep being saved. Amen. More people, listen, more people will come into the kingdom than, than have already come in. You didn't hear me well. More people will come into the kingdom than those that have already come in. But for the increase of that government to continue, somebody has to yield for the zeal of the Lord to walk through him. Amen. Amen. To consume him. If heaven and the kingdom of God is your agenda, the kingdom of God will sponsor you. Hello? There's nobody that invests time and energy in soul winning that loses. You know the challenge many believers have? There's no investment towards soul winning. No investment towards the number one thing. Listen to me. The number one thing in the heart of God. You know, <laughs> um, there was a movie we were seeing and um, the guy, I think they kidnapped his wife no, a child or something like that. So the police guys were trying to tell him that he should, um, he should let them because he was going to um, um, look for them, you know. And he was a former military person, so he knew what to do. And so the police guys were like, you're interrupting our investigation. Don't do anything. So he asked the police guy a question. He said, what is your primary objective? The police guy said to catch the the kidnappers. He said, my own primary objective is to save my daughter. Amen. <laughs> that means, well, you do your own. <laughs> Let me do my own. Are you understanding me? You need to ask believers, what is their primary objective? Glory to God. Because some of them, what they are pursuing is not what Christ is pursuing. Amen. Amen. Number one for God on earth today. I used to read some things about United Nations. They are trying to achieve world peace. You know, world peace. And some of you say, yes, that's what the ultimate thing in this life is actually. That's not the ultimate thing. There will not be peace. Did you hear me? There will not be peace. War is coming. Amen. Are you listening to me? Real war is coming. According to scripture. Praise the Lord. Nations will rise up against nations. That is scripture. What is happening in the Middle East is scripture. Let them sit down on the round table. Sit down, discuss. After discussing, they will see fights. Are you listening to me? That's scripture. Now, God's ultimate agenda is not world peace. Is because nobody can bring world peace. Only the prince of peace can bring world peace. His aim right now, his focus, is that what Jesus died for, 
let all of mankind benefit from it. Amen. That's it. So anybody that is partnering with God, partner with Him for souls. Glory to God. Partner with Him for souls, for people to be born again. I'm talking to some people, you know, there are some people that love, they love the Lord, but they are, they are, their focus is not channeled to God's priority. Amen. I've met people like that. They love the Lord, they love the Lord, but their focus is not channeled to God's priority. If you have a passion to do concerts every week, no problem. But make sure that the concerts are helping draw people into Christ. Amen. Are we together? Make sure. If the Lord led you to pray, make sure the prayer at the end of the day, souls are being saved. Amen. Am I communicating? The greatest thing in the kingdom is to make disciples for Christ. There's nothing bigger than that. There's nothing superior to that. If we gather here every day and sing and clap our hands and disciples are not raised for Christ, then we are all churches most miserable. You, cannot, you shouldn't be comfortable that one month passed, you didn't lead someone to Christ this year. Did you hear me? No, no, you didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. I said you should not be comfortable that a month passed, you didn't lead someone to Christ. You shouldn't be comfortable. Was it last Sunday I taught you something? I mentioned something to you, and I'll say it again. You want to help the government to do better. The church is not an enemy to any government. But the approach of the church to assist is different. The church is not going to build roads. Amen? No, that's not our job. But the church will reach men. Amen? Are you listening to me? The church will reach men with the gospel and raise them. So that when you tell people to build roads, they will not keep some part of the tar somewhere and use cement and do it. Amen. This state and this city will be safer if people receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. A friend of mine, years ago, he was still living with his parents at that time. He was doing evangelism on his streets. And he met a young man around an uncompleted building and led him to Christ. The guy was really reluctant to listen to him. But finally, the guy gave in. After leading him to Christ, the guy said, look, I have received Jesus Christ. I will say the truth. What do you want to say? He took him into the uncompleted building to show him guns. He said, over the last few days, they have been stockpiling arms in that place. They wanted to rob a house. And whose house? His house. His house is like the biggest house on that street. So, they will stroll in in the afternoon, sit down on the fence, put a gun inside the hole of the hollow block and go. Another one will come, drop like that, like that, so that in the night they won't carry anything, they'll just come. 
and then carry things from the uncompleted building and enter the house. It was averted by soul winning. When he received Christ, he surrendered the arms. Am I communicating? The people that will introduce some of your children to cocaine. I don't know, they have many names now. We haven't lost count of the names of the things that people are sniffing. If they are led to Christ, your children will be safe. Amen. The men that will not allow your daughters to rest. You know, there are some men with high protein. I call it high protein. <laughs> Amen. They will not allow your daughters to rest. The, if they hear the gospel, they will leave them alone. Am I communicating? And then some women that will not allow your husbands to rest. Oh God, see my husband. See my husband. Go and preach. Share the gospel. That is your own contribution. Amen. Listen, at the end of the day, you will benefit from soul winning. Amen. I'm not talking about just the reward that heaven gives to you. But the Bible says that you will lead a peaceable and quiet life. Amen. In all godliness. This year, let us make Port Harcourt a better city. Did you hear me? Yes. How? By preaching the gospel. Leading men to Christ and raising them in Christ. Let us be agents of change by the Spirit of God. I, I know I thank God for all the things that people do sometimes where you say, okay, I want to give money to the poor. Fantastic. As you are giving money to the poor, please lead the poor to Christ. Amen. Amen. Don't just give them money. Lead them to Christ. Oh, I'm, I'm mentoring young people. As you are mentoring them, lead them to Christ. Oh, I'm helping widows. As you are helping the widows. See, let me teach you something. Don't empower demons. What happened in River State years ago? They said they are doing an exchange of money for ammunition. A criminal. A criminal. He comes to bring gun to you. Then you give him 500,000. 1 million. <laughs> he becomes a chief criminal. Am I communicating? So, don't empower demons. Don't empower people that... Now, you help them extend their evil. If you're going to empower them, let them receive Christ too. Amen. So the empowerment will be for good. Hallelujah. This year, your progress is connected to soul winning. Amen. Amen. Your testimonies are connected to soul winning. Amen. I connect the soul winning. Invest your time and your resources in reaching people and raising them in Christ. Yesterday was soul winning day. We were all out winning souls, leading souls to Christ. I was thinking of, um, I think I was a brother peacemaker, and um, Maxwell, we drove out. I, we went, they showed me a place. I, I, all my time of being around there, I've never been to that place. <laughs> You know, so we got to the place. I said, hey, there's a place like this here. You know, it's not far from here. You can walk down to the place, but I've never been to that place. 
So I called the guy, but one of you had already preached to him. I called him, and then he said, he greeted me. I said, where do you stay? He said, uh, I stay here, but one story, one story. But my clothes are somewhere else. Why? You know, it's when someone's talking to you, you look around and say, police, they worry us. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I don't know if he's in service now, you know. He said, police, they worry us. Because of the kind of people that stay there and all that and all that. So, I, after someone invited him, he was even with the flyer and all that. So, I was leaving. So, I said, I was just thinking, what's the best way for me to reach someone now with the gospel? I said, okay, let me be a taxi driver today. Amen. So, I started at this Chicken Republic Junction. I was alone. Just driving, waiting for somebody that is going. And I met a guy close to Evergreen or somewhere. I said, are you going? He said, yes. I said, enter. <laughs> he entered. And I introduced myself. You cannot go anywhere now. <laughs> Amen. He started talking. Talking. He was to stop somewhere. And finally, I was stopping by the police station. I started preaching the gospel to him, sharing what Jesus had done for him. We cleared there. I held his hand, led him to Christ. Amen. Turned the car, showed him church. Are you understanding me? Now, listen. This has to be the way we live this year. Did you hear me? It has to be the way we will live this year. I met another one. He was in a hurry, going somewhere. I said, relax. Relax. I said, enter the car. I was afraid to enter. I posted a second picture. There's a picture I posted. So I said, okay. So he was leaning on the door. But as I kept talking, boom, something happened. I could just see that the words had connected with his heart. And I held his hand, led him to Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Listen. This is how we will function. Let me tell you, this is how we rule. Amen. This year is so winning, so winning. Glory to God. The church has missed that a long time. Focusing on many other things. Listen to me. This is one way to maintain your joy in Christ. Do you know why many Christians are depressed? There is nobody they are giving life to. Every stagnant stream will smell. Amen. There's no flow. There's no release. Nobody they're giving life to. Hey, revelation. And go for another conference. Revelation. Another man of God is coming. Revelation. See your eye like revelation. <laughs> There's nobody that you are impacting. Amen. With life. There's no plan to express life. Do you know what the world will look like if no more children are being born into this world? If all of us are adults in this world, we'll be hardened. Hello? If all of us were adults. But, you know, you see even a hard guy. It's not laughing to anybody. You just see a child. <laughs> There's something about a child. Are you understanding me? Say, hey, how are you? How are you? The child will go. He's back to his. <laughs> are you understanding me? There's something about children. There's something about children. 
There's something a child does to the heart of a, an adult. A, an adult is a human being. Are you understanding me? There's something a child does. Glory to God. <laughs> we were on a plane. Um, one of the international flights. We were on a plane and then a child was distressed. was just crying all through the flight. Crying, crying. So everybody was concerned. What's wrong with the child? So one man was so irritated. He said, take this thing and keep somewhere. <laughs> or, so as he said it, the everybody on plane pounced on him. Even the wicked people will pounce on you. <laughs> so there's something a child does to someone's heart. You see a house where, the, where a child is just born into the house, everything will just change. Amen. Are we together? That's how it is also in the kingdom. As children are coming to the kingdom, it does something to you. Some of you, do you know why your Christian life is the way it is? Nobody has been born again through you for a long time. Go and lead someone to Christ. Amen. It will do something to you. There is a joy that soul winning gives you that you can't get any other way. Are we together? You can't get any other way. You know, some of you, the only thing you know is our church house program. Come one, come all. <laughs> Our church house program. Listen, this year is not is lead them to Christ. Pray the salvation prayer with them. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. From today, I'm a child of God. My sins are forgiven because Jesus died, He was buried, He rose again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Then after that you can say, for you to continue in this, follow me to church. Amen. Amen. Alright? Then you say, follow me to church. Not the other way around. Am I communicating? Lift your hands. Say, in the name of Jesus. I yield to soul winning. I commit to soul winning. In 2020. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me just say this. Still about the joy of salvation. I've shared this several times. It's about what Smith Ugusworth shared. Smith Ugusworth was a plumber before he got into full-time ministry. And plumbing in those years in England was a very dirty job. And for whatever reason, Smith Ugusworth was walking in the house of a very wealthy woman. Some of those women of class that naturally will not talk to lowly people. You know, there are some people that don't talk to some people. Hello. There are some people that don't talk to some people. <laughs> so I say, are you talking to me? Talk to somebody. You don't talk to some people. So, Smith came to walk in her house. And she would see him always come, singing, full of joy, doing a dirty job. But with a joy that she couldn't explain. And she was a wealthy woman. She didn't have that kind of joy. How could he do his job? You know, listen to me. Your joy, <laughs> your joy is an attraction in evangelism. 
that's, I have a problem when I see um, believers that are not joyful. Have you seen some believers? When shall I see my home? When shall I see my beautiful home? I will never forget my home. You are even singing the song like you are not happy to see the home. When the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Is it a bad place to be? So, an unbeliever is listening to you and is wondering, ah, if the thing is so bad, why are you inviting me to Christ? If it is so sad, why do you want to spread the sadness? So, Smith Wigglesworth would sing and come to that house and do his job. Listen, this week, go and sing and do your job. Rejoice wherever you are. You see, that, that joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is a joy greater than joy of breakthrough. Amen. So the lady found her way and said, looked around, nobody seeing her talking to this lowly man. She said, um, How can I be happy like this? <laughs> See, the world is a sad place. So. People are looking for happiness. How do you know? Go on Facebook. People are sad. If you just try it, just post on Facebook. Glory! I just received a new shoe. So I say, other people are posting car. You are talking shoe. <laughs> what is your business? There's even a way you will smile on Facebook. Somebody is angry. Are you understanding me? Somebody is just angry. If you are here also, you're, always, you're one of the angry people who repents. That's not a life. You will never post happy birthday or celebrate somebody or rejoice about somebody's joy. If something bad happens. Uh-huh. I knew it six months ago. I just didn't want to say That's why people go for burial more than baby dedication. Because some actually come to confirm that you are really dead. Be a joy giver. Don't be a kill joy. Hello? Even when someone comes out to give testimony, praise the Lord! Brethren, God is good. You know, oh, praise Allah. Say, talk the testimony now. Is it your testimony? Praise the Lord. So the lady said, how can I have this joy, Smith, with this one? And then he said, Jesus gave me this joy. And he shared the gospel with her. And led her to Christ. See, there's nothing he can give her that she doesn't have. 
after preaching to her, he left. The woman became joyful. She became joyful. She had found Jesus. I don't know these days where people receive salvation, they are not joyful. I don't know which salvation they received. Listen, maybe there is a Chinese salvation. Are you understanding me? I don't know whether it's China salvation. But when we received Christ, we were joyful. Glory to God. You'll be singing every day. You're going, you know, you, you might even be walking on the road. You are waiting for a taxi. You know, you're still singing. Oh, 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 my joy, you know. What's that song we used to sing? I've got joy like a river. Joy like, you don't have job yet. Joy like a river. Joy like a river in my soul. You're in the vehicle. Why is he happy? Say, ah. Uh, you say, where are you working? I, I don't have a job. Yes, I got joy like a river. Joy. Uh, 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 are you married? No, no, I'm not married yet. I've got joy like a river. Joy. Did you win a contract? No, no. I've got joy like a river. What did they do this one now? <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's how. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's the salvation. So the woman was joyful now. She was joyful. Joyful. Then another day, Spirit came to walk. You know what her concern was now? Sir. She looked around. She said, sir, how can I maintain this joy now that I have it? Because let it not be that when you go, <laughs> the joy too will go. He said, the best way to keep the joy is to share it. You know why some of you have not been seeing joy? You're not sharing it. You're not sharing it. You know some people, the way they hold their salvation... Nobody had licked your salvation, ever. Nobody had tasted your salvation. Nobody. He said, oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Taste my salvation. Amen. What is making me happy? Partake. Let your neighbors receive Jesus. Let your colleagues in the office receive Jesus. Let your cousins, your relatives receive Jesus. If they don't hear me, preach to them first. Share your joy. Share the joy of your salvation. Listen, this year, you'll be depression-free if you're a soul winner. You know how many Christians are depressed? They're not sharing their faith. not sharing their faith. Every day, you just sit there and just thinking. Hmm. Two, four, one. These deductions are getting too much. <laughs> These deductions are getting too much. These deductions are getting too much. These deductions are getting too much. The next thing you post on social media, you are depressed. Depressed people cannot help a depressed person. Some people, when they are depressed, they go around depressed people. Are you depressed too? <laughs> My name is this, and I'm depressed. And the other, the dep- your fellow depressee <laughs> will now suggest, what are we doing in this world? What do you think? What are we doing in this world? Let's go together. <laughs> Let's fix a date to go. Let me look at your neighbor and say, I'm not with you. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. I am finishing 2020 strong. Amen. Share your faith. Tell people about Jesus. Someone say, eh, I, I really want to share the gospel, but you see, my life, my life is not straight. You see, Pastor, 
I love God, though, but my, 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 my life is not straight. Let me share a story with you. There's a young man, years ago, 2001. He used to come around. He had serious issues. I'd known him before then. I'd known him before 2001. 2001, the church started. So he used to come for our meetings. When he comes, he will kneel down and start praying. He used to pray passionately. Intense. So one day, he had told me he had a problem, a drug problem. You know? And his father had actually disowned him at one point. And... Um, you know, there's a way you disown somebody. The disowning will not expire. I guess that mean. <laughs> You've not, you didn't own him back, but, you know, he has come back. I guess that mean. So he was still living in his father's premises, but he was a disowned someone living in the premises. So his father was not doing anything for him. So he used to come around sometimes. We give him some money and all that and all that. We loved him and all that. So one day, he brought someone to church. And so I asked, I said, you, you, he, said, you did so. he said, this is the guy I led to Christ. I brought him to church. So, church closed. And I was trying to find out where they met. Then the guy said, I'm going to speak pidgin English so you understand what I want to say. So, we meet for bunk. I didn't know what he was talking about. So, what? The? So, we smoke for the same place. <laughs> so I like eh? so the other guy said eh, yeah that we, there's a place I used to go and buy in there him. so as I was going I was looking at this guy I knew he needed Jesus so this is true story so he said so I, as I lit the distance said smoking I went close to where he was he was also smoking he said don't be angry that I'm smoking this thing you know. I have a problem. But Jesus died for your sins. And he preached the gospel to this fellow. And the guy dropped his uh, own and received Christ and followed him to church. Now, do you know what? He was so touched by what had happened to this guy. Am I communicating? By how this guy's life has changed. Amen. It started affecting him too. Are you listening to me? Now, some of you think if your life is straightened out, then you will preach. No, preach. It will straighten your life out. Amen. Preach. Share the gospel. Satan is using that thing to hinder you from preaching. Preach. Share the gospel. Amen. Amen. Bow your head and just pray for a minute or two and talk to God. Talk to God. Let this year be a year, indeed, of soul winning. A year that the focus for you will be reaching and raising people for Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. If you came here sick in your body, Jesus will make you well now. If you came here with any heaviness of heart, I know that in the course of the service, the burdens have been lifting, but you can be totally free today. 
So I speak freedom to your spirit. I speak healing to your body. Every heaviness, every infirmity, weighing your physical body down, let it be lifted now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit of infirmity and sickness, I break that hold over your body. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, be made whole. I command that congestion to leave in the name of Jesus. I command that infection to pass out of your body now in the name of Jesus. I speak to that blood condition to be corrected in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to your body organs to begin to function normally now. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of faith.